to Lead Block, the football podcast that charges forward saying the things that need to be said, asking the questions that need to be asked, and getting to the bottom of what's really going on. I'm your host, Julian Cantor, at the Barry Man on Twitter, if you're uh, into that kind of thing. But basically, on this show, we're going to cover the NFL. We're going to hit all the teams in the NFL, or not all of them necessarily, but a lot of them. We're going to talk to luminaries in different fields. And we're going to bring them on. They're going to be fans of different teams. And we're going to, uh, you know, potentially in the future, we're going to debut a segment where we get the expert takes on these teams from our guests. But uh, like I say, uh, that's on an undisclosed time frame. And actually, while I'm at that, we're going to be having lots of segments in this show. And not just in this show, but throughout the season, we're going to be debuting new segments. So you're always going to want to tune in to Lead Block. So I should probably also mention the fact that I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm from Philadelphia. So occasionally on this show, uh, which is the case today, uh, we're going to get into, let's say, some commentaries on the Philadelphia Eagles. But I mentioned the luminaries that will be gracing us with their presence throughout the uh, course of this season. And we're going to start that trend off with a bang. Today we've got the founder and CEO of Kobunga, which is a fast casual restaurant phenomenon that will be taking over the country in, in quick order. So we're going to be talking to John Kim today on Lead Block, and I'm very excited about that. But uh, before I go any further, I, like, what is Lead Block? I keep on saying that. You guys are probably wondering, what is that? Um, for those of you who don't know, in football, uh, well, you probably know this, you're, if someone has the football, they're typically trying to run down the field towards the other end zone to score a touchdown, right? But that you have defenders who are trying to stop them and tackle them. So what you do sometimes on a play, you have someone who's kind of schemed to get the ball and they're going to be the runner. Then you have someone who's a lead blocker that goes out ahead of the runner, lays out a lead block, clearing the way for the runner behind to follow in their wake. And so that's actually kind of what this show is going to be doing. And we're going to get to that in a second, but that's kind of the football sense of lead block. So another angle on what is lead block is about the media. Now, as a member of the media, which I can say now with a, as, as the creator of this podcast, um, we have something in our business called a lead. Now that's basically, you can think of that as like the headline of a story, right? What is the most essential part of that story? And where you want to put it in the story is very important. You do not want to bury the lead and put it all the way at the bottom of the story. You want to put it at the top, which is why it's called the lead. You want to lead off with the lead. Um, and so lead, it just means that now they do have this weird spelling of it, L-E-D-E, um, just, you know, just to make it more newsy. But it actually just means the exact same thing as lead with the normal spelling. Then, of course, I was thinking, well, yeah, I mean, it'd be great to have it be called lead block, L-E-D-E, but then... You know, I was talking to some people. We don't really need to get into this right now, but, you know, we, I was talking to some people and they were saying uh, to go with the standard spelling. So, you know, I, I, I don't I, I have certain people that I have to answer to, to be honest, but let's let's not spend too much time on that. Um, anyway, <laughs> we can spice that in anyway. 
um, that's kind of what's going to happen in this show. And just to connect it back to Lee Block once again, the football play is so we're actually going to be you know charging ahead, like I say, but we're going to be blocking the media's leads in our role as a lead block. So those two meanings come together, and that's what this show is all about. All right, well, we got a great show coming up, and without further ado, let's get into our first segment, and that's going to start right now. Okay, so our first segment is called Lead Talk, and in this segment, we're going to be talking about what is the current talk in the NFL? What is everyone buzzing about? What are the front offices gossiping about across the NFL? And we have no one better to talk about that subject here than our very own senior contributor, John Kim of Kobunga. John, pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Julian. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's always, it's always great to have a fellow nut about football onto the show. And, and I mean, John, obviously, I'm sure you spent a lot of time uh, watching <laughs> the action in week one. I mean, any takeaways right off the bat? The Patriots lost. That's, uh, that is true. Yeah, we're actually, yeah, that's, that's actually a perfect segue into our first topic of lead talk. So ahead of this game, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the history of this, John, but there's something called the NFL kickoff, which happens every Thursday before the season starts. Um, it's kind of the first game of the season. They started this tradition in 2002, but 2004 is when they basically started having, so the Super Bowl champion would defend at home their title as the first game of the season. I was not aware. That's a very, yeah, very that's cool pretty, tidbit. It's a nice tradition. I mean, usually actually, so if you had to guess, what would you say typically happens on opening night, given that set of facts? The Super Bowl champion of the year before typically wins that game. That is absolutely correct. Good job, John. Thank you. Uh, in fact, given those parameters, now a couple of seasons they had you know, different things happening. Like, for example, after the Ravens won the Super Bowl, um, they had some kind of scheduling conflict where they couldn't actually use their stadium on week one. So you know, setting aside that, can you guess what is the only team that's ever lost the opening kickoff before this week? I mean, if you just had to guess some total pretender team that somehow won the Super Bowl, you have no idea how they could possibly have won the, the Super Bowl, and yet they're there. But of course, you would expect them to not live up to the hype, right? I mean, it's the New York Giants. The New York Giants would be the answer, okay? <laughs> the New York Gi Giants, totally fraudulent team. We'll get into that. As I mentioned in the, in the open, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so I'm a little bit biased there, perhaps. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty fair. I Cowboys because I'm an Eagles fan, but oh, yeah, yeah, that's the Giants true. make sense. Yeah, well, the John and John is a Eagles fan. I mean, I would say Eagles fan in training potentially, but right. I mean, he, he's a good. He roots strongly for the Eagles. I can say that. I can report that. Can we go into the background of how I became an Eagles fan? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and growing up, I didn't really have a team to root for. The Rams left, and uh, we we were orphaned. So when Julian came to Los Angeles. He basically was a little Rasputin and whispering sweet nothings <laughs> into my ear and told me to root for the bird team. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, would, would be yeah, that's all correct. I would hear for years and years, and now I'm an Eagles fan. And also, my father-in-law is a huge Pats fan, and I couldn't just join on the bandwagon of being a Pats fan, right. so I... Obviously, just jumped on the the Eagles bandwagon. That does show the great intelligence, John, that you know right off the bat. If I'm going to just come into this sport, I can't just 
become a fan of the Patriots. That's an invalid move, and I, I totally support that. But actually, and speaking of the Patriots, let's get back to that game. So given that history that we just covered, it was pretty shocking. Actually, New England was favored by nine points going into that game, and they still were wow. destroyed 42-27 by Kansas City. That's yeah, pretty shocking. That is horrible. And of course, we all know, you know, Kareem Hunt, uh, epic performance. Right. Um, is that who you picked to get 40 points on your fantasy team? Uh, well, th- actually, this is a show about reality, John. This is not a show about <laughs> fantasy. Okay. And that's a note we're going to hit in, in uh, subsequent episodes. But okay. just, just as a note, uh, as a warning shot to all those listening, this is not a show about fantasy. This is a show about reality. And that's the only thing that we talk about here on Lead Block. Great. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, okay, moving on. Another week one highlight that I thought was pretty interesting. Well, obviously, John, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I'm sure you were watching this game very closely. The Eagles versus the... Um, who were they playing? The Washington Racists. Oh, racists. <laughs> yeah, right. we, not... Can't say the, <laughs> other, the other thing. It's the Washington Racists. Which is totally fair. I mean, look at the name of the team. I mean, it just you can just say that instantly. It's it's very fair. Right. I'm s- still surprised in this day and age that we have that team name. I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I mean, it's not surprising given the quality of team that has adopted that name. It's not surprising that they're you know resistant to moving on. Anyway, fair that point. was a great game. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles dominant performance. Um, Thirty to seventeen, Philadelphia Eagles. Fletcher Cox, baby. Fletcher Cox was great, actually. Mm-hmm. He had uh, sort of a BS play, to be honest, but there was a forced fumble. Technically, I mean, it didn't really look like a fumble, but he returned a fumble for a touchdown pretty great. Didn't he get 20 yards on it, too? Oh, <laughs> very. I thought there is a no-phones policy here, but, John, we'll, we'll let that slide. <laughs> um, also, I did, I did want to point out that Carson Wentz, pretty special a couple of plays there he had. Yeah, I'm very impressed. He's not a rookie anymore. I think he's... He's getting into the flow of things. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that was a great touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar. Oh. Uh, anyway, and... Uh, I wasn't there. I wasn't watching the game, to be honest. Black. One thing I do have to get into a little bit, and I'm sure we'll be getting into this guy later in the show, but, but Doug Peterson. Uh, what do you think of Doug Peterson, John? I like him. He's good. Oh, you like him? Okay, well, that's good. Let's add some balance to the panel, okay? Because Doug Peterson... First of all, this play fake, he's obsessed with these fake plays, which, okay, it's fine. If you have some really you know, threatening play that everyone's scared of, you fake you're going to go to that play, and then you actually misdirect the defense, and you hit some crazy play going the complete opposite direction. Great idea, right? Belichick loves that. He gets all, all the credit for it. Exactly, exactly. But the problem with Doug is that he's, he's obsessed with building this giant menu of fake plays okay. off of a horrible play, which is basically this quick screen pass behind the line of scrimmage to Nelson Aguilar. Anytime you see Nelson Aguilar go in motion behind the line of scrimmage, nothing good is going to happen. <laughs> and yet Doug Peterson's building his entire offense off of this terrible play. Oh, yeah, they're really going to be scared of this play and totally move the other direction so that you can hit them with this totally different play. No, they're not scared of the play. It's not going to make any difference. Moving on to the next uh, game that we hit this weekend, Seattle versus Green Bay. Did you catch this one, John? I saw the highlights. Okay, yeah. It was a pretty good game. Uh, For a little while, it was a defensive struggle, which I, I, I enjoy watching to some degree. 
Uh, but Green Bay kind of ran away with it in the second half. It was 17-9. to nine. Seattle was visiting Green Bay in Lambeau, so they got that, that home field advantage. Right, there's no 12th man. Right, exactly. Yeah, the 12th man is very fearsome. I mean, if Green Bay is going to Seattle, forget about it. That's going to be... A, that actually was one of the kickoff games, like we mentioned earlier, a couple of seasons ago, and Seattle just ran away with that game. Uh, one thing I did want to get into a little bit with this game, uh, there was a pretty funny sequence where at the end of the first half... Um, you saw members of the Seattle defense walking off the field, which was kind of strange. And then the commentators were saying, oh, well, this is clearly just they're, they're trying to run out the rest of the game and they're not going to try on this next possession. There's something like a minute left on the game clock or something. This is a game that reminded me of one of these segments we're going to uh, premiere in a later date. But I just said a little tease, but the, the time management by Mike McCarthy, I mean, once again, Pete Carroll just totally tricks this guy into basically he took a timeout to help Seahawks. They had like a, a run that was stuffed behind the line of scrimmage. Green Bay takes a timeout. What are you taking a timeout for? There's nothing you can do with that timeout. Then Seattle just immediately turns it on, marches down the field. They get a field goal. But basically that field goal was gifted to them by Mike McCarthy. As usual, Pete Carroll just totally outsmarts Mike McCarthy. Yeah, he's pretty smart. Yeah, he's a, he is a very smart guy. Just another a last note from that uh, from that from that game was the Seattle offensive line. I mean, it just looks horrendous. Yeah, atrocious. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's pretty outrageous the fact that they're just wasting this time they have with Russell Wilson and that defense. You'd think that this would be like a Super Bowl team, but they just can't figure out the offensive line. It's a real disappointment. Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay, thanks for that addition, John. <laughs> okay, so John, any additional thoughts on Week One before we move to our next segment? Yeah, I think uh, the, when the Panthers played the 49ers, the quarterback for the 49ers got took a big, pretty big hit helmet to helmet. And I, f- I just feel like a lot of the QBs are getting hit by bigger players these days. And Okay, well, we're going to have to actually move on from this topic. Um, anyway, let's get into our next segment. Okay, so our next segment is Lead Balk. And this is a great segment, John. This is the segment where we look at a particular media storyline or lead that is just so patently false and laughable that we have no choice but to balk at that storyline. So, John, start us off. What, what is your lead balk? That Colin Kaepernick can't play football and that no one wants him because his skills are too atrocious. That his skills are too atrocious. I don't know, but he's he's okay. But I mean, we'll actually get into Colin Kaepernick a little bit later in my lead balk segment. But John, I mean, anything that you have like a real rant that you could just go on and on about, you know, potentially like you know when you were balking at this narrative that there's no chance that McGregor could ever lose to Mayweather, and he's just you're just balking at this absurd media narrative. Of course, McGregor could beat Mayweather, right? That was a great balk segment of yours. Right, but we can't talk about this. This is a football cup podcast, right? Oh, well, hoisted by my own petard, that is correct. Okay, so let's get into my lead balk topic, which of course is the sole purpose for this segment existing. Um, my lead balk topic, we're going to be talking about Mike Lombardi just to st- start things off. Now, Mike Lombardi is a contributor for The Ringer. He used to be an NFL GM, but you know he was you know unceremoniously you know exiled from that profession. Now he's working at The Ringer. And he does, you know, pretty comedic pieces. He has something where he's comparing players to 80s movies or The Wire characters. He's a pretty comedic guy. He's pretty funny. Anyway, he had this thing where he said he came after Doug Peterson, who we mentioned earlier, the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. 
And he called Doug Peterson one of the least qualified guys I've seen in 30 years to be an NFL head coach. He then followed that by saying, by asking if the Eagles were going to throw away the 2017 season by sticking with Doug Peterson as the head coach. Now, you know, pretty tough stuff, but again, you know, he's being hyperbolic in a comedic fashion, right? I mean, we, we all do that, right, John? I do. Okay, yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So now, you know, no big deal. Just, just move on. Of course, the Philadelphia media, very active uh, group of people. The Philadelphia media always looking to create some kind of controversy. So this was just all over the Philadelphia media, you know, hot take. You know, this is a crazy hot take. Wow, I've never heard anything so crazy. Okay, he's not literally saying that he's like this thing with 30 years. I mean, that was just an exaggeration for comedic effect. But they turned it into this giant controversy trying to fact check it. I mean, come on, guys. Anyway, I think it's a pretty minor story. But then we had this press conference called by Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, now, what are your thoughts on Jeffrey Lurie? I'm sure you've got plenty of, uh, of ideas about this guy. Well, my Rasputin over here has told me that he's an idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if I go that far. I mean, you know, he's a very accomplished uh, businessman, John. I mean, let's not, let's not go too, too far with this. Okay. okay. Yeah. Very accomplished in that yes. he inherited all his wealth. Well, that is true. That is actually just a fact. I mean, he did buy the Eagles based off of a loan from his mother. That is a fact. We say the things that need to be said. Unfortunately for Jeffrey, that was something that needed to be said. But let's not spend too much time with that. Uh, he called this, this impromptu press conference, quote-unquote impromptu, and it's kind of weird because, you know, NFL owners, I mean, they don't really have press conferences. Maybe, you know, at the owners' meetings, they'll have a press conference or... You know, if they do something crazy like firing the head coach, well, they're going to have a press conference to discuss why they did that. Anyway, so he, got, he called this impromptu press conference. He said during the thing, he woke up this morning and decided just on a whim to have a press conference. I do that on a whim sometimes. Really? Yes. Well, I mean, we did cover the fact that you are an accomplished businessman. So, I mean... This is making me have a little second thoughts about, you know, killing Jeffrey Lurie over this. But oh, I, man. <laughs> I do think that there's a reason that he had this press conference and it became clear during his remarks. But first, let's just talk about a, a, an issue that kept coming up during the press conference, which is the one that you mentioned earlier, John, of Colin Kaepernick. So he was asked about C Colin Kaepernick and social injustice. And immediately he avoided the topic of Colin Kaepernick and just went into social justice, social injustice, saying it was a problem in many communities, including Philadelphia. And he said that he was fine with protesting social injustice, quote, as long as it's done in a respectful way. And specifically, he was then asked specifically about Kaepernick. Well, how does this relate to Kaepernick? He again reiterates it's fine to be protesting uh, in social injustice, as long as it's respectful of the military. Now, okay, that's fair, right? That's fair. But, yeah. I mean, how does this have anything to do with Colin Kaepernick? Because this is a criticism that's been leveled against Colin Kaepernick that he's not respectful of the military, and yet, from the beginning, before the 2016 season even started, Colin Kaepernick met with a military veteran, Nate Boyer, to make sure that his stance was seen as respectful of the military and that's actually when he switched from sitting down to kneeling the only reason he was kneeling the entire season was as a sign of respect to the military is that right so how is jeffrey lurie coming in here with this line about respectful of the military as a response to being asked about colin kaepernick i didn't know that 
Yeah, that's I mean, well, that's that's the that's the problem with these media leads, John. Okay, is that we need to get to the bottom of what's really going on. As I said earlier, the facts, as you will. Right. We need to say what needs to be said, ask the questions that need to be asked, and get to the bottom of what's really going on. Okay. That's what we do here on Lead Block. Lead. Now they kept on pressing him about this Colin Kaepernick thing. They asked him again, "Would you sign Colin Kaepernick?" And he said, I have no idea if we would sign Colin. And then he goes on to a comparison with Michael Vick. What is the comparison between Colin Kaepernick and Michael Vick? He said, well, before we signed Michael Vick, we had to look at what kind of teammate he was. Okay, I mean, there's no reason you can't look into any of these things with Ka- Kaepernick, of course. Right, right. I mean, so he, we had to look into what kind of teammate he was, and he kind of just trails off, moves on to the next topic. Okay, so what is the implication there? That Colin Kaepernick and Mike Vick are in the same situation. Exactly, and not only that, but he's also implying that Kaepernick might not be a good teammate, right? Right. Otherwise, what's, what is this as an answer to the Kaepernick question, if not to imply that he's a bad teammate? Uh, never mind the fact that Kaepernick was selected as the Len Eshmont Award winner by his teammates, by his teammates, which is an award that is given to the person that best exemplifies inspiration and courage on the team. So what kind of teammate do you think that is? He sounds like a pretty good teammate. I would think so, right? And then he's asked again about Colin Kaepernick. He said, if all you're doing is protesting the anthem, that's disrespectful. And he says, what are you proactively doing for the community? And he's going into then a comparison with Malcolm Jenkins, someone who he definitely is doing a lot of proactive things for the the community. Malcolm Jenkins is a great guy. Uh, But what about all the donations that Kaepernick is giving to charity. What about all the youth camps that he's organizing to give underprivileged kids an education about social injustice? What are, again, these implications that he's giving to Colin Kaepernick, it just shows you once again how even the NFL owners are seduced by these media leads that may or may not be true. It's a fair point. Thank you, John. I mean, I think it's a little ridiculous that Colin Kaepernick and Michael Vick are... I don't know, compared to one another. Exactly. I mean, they have, like, what is the similarity between those two guys? They're black and they're both quarterbacks. That, yeah, right. They do have that in common, yeah. They right, both that, run fast. Yeah, but it stops there. Michael Vick's a convicted felon, right? Absolutely, yes. And Colin Kaepernick is protesting for the rights of black people. So it just seems absurd that they're, I don't know, put together in, in comparison with one another. I don't, it's just weird. Exactly. I mean, he just kept making that comparison and he kept on unfairly maligning Kaepernick for uh, through implication by giving these answers that had nothing to do with Kaepernick's situation. Now, but let's get into the reason that that Jeffrey Lurie actually called the press conference. That was just something that kind of caught my attention when I was going through the footage. Uh, the Doug Peterson. Does it bother you, though, that he is protesting or kneeling during the national anthem? Uh, not at all. I mean, first of all, the national anthem, I mean, it contains racist lyrics that are excised from the song. But if you go you know, into verse two or verse three or whatever, they're talking about slaves. They're talking about all this stuff in a very Wait, kind what? of jingoistic way. Really? Yeah, we can look that up later. But Okay, wow. Um, again, this is the things that are not part of the media lead, okay? The things you learn every day being on podcasts. Well, especially podcasts that... Get to the bottom of things. Get to the bottom of... What's really going on? What's really going on? I'm going to have that memorized. That's what... Okay, but the actual reason that 
Jeffrey Lurie called this press conference became immediately clear because, of course, he knows that the media is going to ask him about this thing with Michael Lombardi and the comments that he made about Doug Peterson. Um, he said, quote, I have a strong endorsement of Doug. Okay, it doesn't really sound that strong to me, but let's move on. And he said, you guys call it clickbait or hot takes, and that's how I saw it. Uh, prepared one-liner, anybody? I mean, that was clearly just something that he had written down ahead of time. He knows he's going to get this question. That's clearly right. the reason he had that press conference. He had that ready. Of course, the media loves it. Oh, that was really funny what Jeffrey Larry said, right? They love it. That's pretty funny. The one compliment that he really gave him that was like a concrete compliment was he started talking about how great of a coaching staff that Doug surrounded himself with, which is hilarious because then he goes on to just mention the, you know, the guys that he, he brought on or that he inherited. So he's taking the credit for the coaching staff, which is the only compliment that he even gave Doug. Wow. Uh, and just the idea that, like, okay, clearly he called this press conference because he saw this as a giant problem that, oh, the coach doesn't have credibility because this former NFL GM is trashing him on, on the ringer, right? But the whole idea with this is clearly by calling this press conference, he's undermining Doug further than just by letting it play out, letting him play the games, showing, demonstrating that he has confidence, and instead, he's coming on here and clearly demonstrating a lack of confidence by the fact that he even needed to call this press conference to begin with. Right. And speaking of Jeffrey Lurie's just totally backwards and mishandled management style, let's get into our next segment. But first, let's take a break. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We got John Kim still here. John, how's it going? It's going really well. I'm, I'm enjoying myself tremendously, immensely. Great. Amazing. Now we're going to get into our next segment starting right now. Lead Frock. Lead Frock is our recurring segment where we discuss the uniforms in football. Okay. Yeah, and as you know, John, this is the show where we say the things that need to be said, and there are quite a few things that need to be said on the topic of uniforms. Such as? Well, I'm glad that you set me up like that, because we were talking about Jeffrey Lurie's press conference in the previous segment, Lead Balk, which I think went very well. It was a very Balk-worthy content from Jeffrey Lurie. I think we can all agree. Yes, you were very impassioned. Yes, I would say that. Um, something else came up in this press conference, or really like a scrum after the press conference with reporters. Uh, this issue of the color that the Philadelphia Eagles wear came up back up. And this is a topic that comes up all the time with the Philadelphia Eagles. Why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. This is a topic that if you spend a little time just looking at it from an objective point of view without listening to the media leads on the subject becomes very obviously solvable. And yet Jeffrey Leary refuses to take the steps uh, required to solve this problem. Basically, just to give you a little history on this subject. So there are two colors that are, are, are in discussion. They're both a shade of green. Well, they purport to both be a shade of green. Green is basically the eagle's color, right? Right. Um, and until sometime in the 90s when Jeffrey Leary took over the team, the color was Kelly green. Now, what is Kelly Green? I mean, it's actually kind of like that shirt that you're wearing right now. It's a kind oh, really? of bright, yeah, it's kind of like a bright green, somewhere between like a lime and a hunter green, I would say. Okay, so it was a lot brighter and lighter before. Yes, 
And it was also green. I mean, let's make that clear. So the other color is midnight green. So when Jeffrey Lurie took over the team, it was the 90s. And so there's a very unique color palette to the 90s, I would say. Uh, not, not a particularly great color palette. Okay, we tell you this green. Oh, yeah, it's too bright. No, we need something that's darker. We need something that's more badass. Oh, oh, excuse <laughs> Sorry, excuse my language. We're going to we're gonna have to bleep that. Uh, mark that. Mark that time down. Okay, we're going to have to bleep that. Uh, so we, we needed a scary color, right? So that's midnight green. Ooh, very scary. Yeah. Right. Uh, except, okay, except the problem is it's not green. It's not green. Go to, go to Google. Go to your, your, your favorite internet search provider. Are you sure it's not green? Okay, yeah. Everyone's, oh, what are you talking about? It says green in the title. Midnight green. <laughs> of course it's green. You can take a tube of pink lipstick off a shelf and tell me that it's, you know, fuchsia fluorescent green. That doesn't make it green. That makes it pink. If it's pink, it's pink. If it's red, it's red. If it's blue, it's blue. And in the case of midnight green, okay. cyan is cyan. This is a cyan color that's being passed off as green. Go to the color code online. It has equal parts, blue and green. That does not make it green. That makes it literally cyan. But you just said green. Yeah, blue they and call green. It, yes. Blue green. Yeah, you know what else contains green, John? Bluish green. No, you know what else contains green? Is yellow. Is yellow green? No. <laughs> yellow is not green. Yellow is yellow. Cyan, cyan. That's how things work. Now, if you basically, if you have a trouble visualizing the color midnight green, because, and I don't blame you because it's not really a color. It's not green, right? But if it's you have a trouble... Color, but it's fine. You can make the argument that it's not green. Well, yes. it's Well, midnight green, but the name midnight green is just some name. It's not... It doesn't make it a color. If you go to... If you're having trouble visualizing this, of course you would know what the Jacksonville Jaguars uniform looks like, which is an atrocious. Atrocious. Team. It's yes. so bad. It's. I mean, yeah, it's just. <laughs> Everyone knows it's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, if you were to take that that teal that they have there, darken it about you know forty percent, darken that, maybe slightly move it away from blue, slightly. That's where you get midnight green. It's basically a dark Jags teal being passed off as green. And as someone who's an Eagles fan, I find that unacceptable. Now, coincidence, or not really a coincidence at all, coincidence has it that the fans on bleedinggreennation.com, which is a great Eagles fan site, John, I hope you are a member of that. I go on there time to time, but I'm not a member. Okay. Well, it's a great, if anyone's interested in the Philadelphia Eagles and, and needs more information about them from this show, which I'm sure that you're going to want to hear more about them after you listen to all, all 40 minutes of the show or whatever it's going to be. Uh, on bleedinggreennation.com. No, it's not bleedingcyannation.com. <laughs> Would you be okay if they just called it cyan? Right, but of course they color? wouldn't do that because the fans would kill them and Jeffrey Lurie is terrified of the fans. Okay. So, of course they wouldn't do that. I would, I would accept it with open arms. Okay. I, I would see. accept that, John. Because they, the actually, like, objectively, without knowing all this backstory about the frock of the Philadelphia Eagles, I feel like the color is a nice color. Oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, I do think there's something to it. I mean, yeah, it's pleasant. I, I don't hate the color. I do think that Kelly green is a better color for the Eagles, but fair enough. Yeah. But it's really just the dishonesty about Jeffrey Lurie that we're getting into here. <laughs> okay. So, but at, on bleedinggreennation.com, there was a poll question that was asked, what should be the primary color of the Eagles uniforms? 79% said Kelly Green. 79%. Wow. 
21% go to midnight green, okay? So that's pretty pretty clear result, right? What's the sample size, though? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it is just the diehard fans on there. So, you know, that's... We don't really know what the general public thinks of these colors. Right. But we do know, okay, you know, the diehard fans clearly prefer Kelly Green. There's no question about it. Of course, of the, the Eagles are very aware of this fact that, that the fans want Kelly Green because every time Jeffrey Lurie talks to the media, this comes up. And he gives us... Every time? Yes, every, literally every time. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating there. Literally every, every time that he talks to the media, it's Kelly Green. They're, they're asking him about it, obviously. But look, check out this headline from PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And this was not after this latest thing. This was like a one, um, I think, earlier this year. But it's always the same thing from this guy. Jeffrey Lurie wants Kelly Green jerseys is the headline. Does he, though? Does he? That's the question. We're asking the questions that need to be asked, John. We frock. So this headline on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Here's some quotes from this article. When was this article written? I think it was earlier this year in 2017. Okay. But it, it's always the same thing with this guy. It's always the same quotes over and over again. This and guy, no progress. A.K.A. Lurie. Right, of course. Uh, he says, we're going to keep at it because we're really determined. I would love to see it the sooner the better. Next, he says, now they ask, you know, would this be on a full-time basis or, you know, well, first I would like to try it as an alternate and see if people like it is his response to that. Okay, so he wants it as an alternate. He does not want, as the headline would suggest, okay, Jeffrey Lurie wants Kelly Green jerseys. A little misleading, okay? Right. Wouldn't you say? I mean... Right, he only wants to test it out. Right, he wants to test it out as an alternate. Right. He does not want it to be the main color. And, of course, remember what the Philadelphia Eagles fans wanted as the primary color was Kelly Green. The diehard fans, according to you. Right. But you see how he wants to keep the fans happy by putting out these headlines, and yet... What is the actual agenda? This first came into the media as a real topic that they were always asking him about it in 2014, okay? okay? It's been over three years since that happened. No progress. What is going on with this? Clearly, there's a lot of lobbyists and red tape around frock colors. Yeah, right. Well, that's what you would think. I mean, he's making it out like, oh, yeah, there's all these roadblocks we need to approve with the league, you know, all this stuff. Okay, so let's get into what are these problems? Well, okay, so as an alternate jersey... Well, our, our helmet color is midnight green. Right. Okay. So, I mean, Kelly green and midnight green, mm, nah, it doesn't really look that good together, right? I mean, we need to have Kelly green helmets if we're going to have a Kelly green alternate jersey. Oh, wow. Do they not change the helmets when they make alternate jerseys? I didn't know that. Right. Every other team has figured out a way to have alternate jerseys that go with the helmet color. Right. But Jeffrey Lurie, he needs everything to be just right to get this test of something that people would just want on a full-time basis. And the only reason that this is a problem is because the league has one color for the helmets and all the other teams have that one helmet color work with their alternate jersey, home jersey, and away jersey. So they have two helmets, typically. They have one helmet. Every team. Every team has one helmet. Okay. That goes with all three alternate, home, and away. Right. Okay. Jeffrey Lurie wants to be, he thinks he's special. He wants to have a special color for the alternate jersey helmet that no one else, no one else in the league is pushing for this. There's 31 other teams. He's right. the only guy that wants this, and he's going to hold up the whole process until he gets all the other owners to agree to this problem. Now, <laughs> wow. How about, let's try some lateral thinking. What could be some other potential solutions to this problem? First of all, how about you go to a full-time jersey color, and then you're just going to wipe away that whole problem to begin with. You get a new jersey color. Oh, well, you know, I mean, 
uh, you change the entire uniform. How often that is? Literally every year, a team changes their, their entire uniform. That is something that happens every year. And yet, Jeffrey Lurie, that's out of the question to change it to, Col- to Kelly Green. That's totally out of the question. Wait, when's the last time Philadelphia changed their, their jersey? Well, when Jeffrey Lurie took over. I mean, he, he had no problem changing it then when he changed it to Midnight Green. Now, he clearly has a problem with changing it back. So over a decade, we, Philadelphia has never changed their jersey? Well, we, had, we, we changed from, like, they had, like, the Reebok construction, then they went to the Nike construction, so there's a little slight alterations going in, in that regard. But, but otherwise? Yeah, yeah, you'd think they would want to keep up with the times. They don't want to have this jersey that looks like it's straight out of 1996 right. on, on the field. I mean, it's, it's slightly embarrassing, but we, we can't do it full-time. Totally out of the question, even though all the fans want it, right? Totally out of the question. What is the, the roadblock to, how about we have a silver helmet? with white and black on it. Yeah, it goes with everything. It goes with everything. And guess what? All those colors are on both the Midnight Jersey, Midnight Green Jersey, and the Kelly Green Jersey. Right. But there's no way we can have that as a, the helmet color. I think it actually would look way better than... That the, would look cool. The, right now they have the Midnight Green helmet with the black jersey. It doesn't really look that good, in my opinion. Go with the silver helmet. I think that would be good. Silver helmet, big white wing with the black outline. That, that is my pick. If, if we want to solve the problem that way. Really, we should go to the Kelly Green uniform. Or a black helmet with silver wings. Sure. Why not? I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do, especially if you get the Kelly Green into it. Then you could have the black helmet with the Kelly Green wing, and that could look pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do with the, with the, the uniform. Jeffrey Lurie, he wants his stamp on the team, which is that the fact that he changed the color to midnight green. So he wants the stamp on it. Doesn't matter what the fans think, but of course he can't be level with the fans and be honest with the fans. He has to do this whole game where he's planning these headlines like Jeffrey Lurie wants Kelly Green jerseys on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. So this is basically like an extension of the lead balk segment. I'm balking at this, but it's also <laughs> right. a uh, lead frock discussion. Now let's move on to our final segment, and that's going to start right now. Can we go back to okay. lead frock? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Clearly, absolutely. Jeffrey Lurie, as the owner, can do whatever he wants. Right. If he wants Kelly Green, change it to Kelly Green. I just feel like it's very disingenuous that he can just say all these things and not follow through with what he says. You, I couldn't have put it better myself, John. I think that's a perfect button on this topic, and let's move on to our next segment. Lead Shock. And so we're back, and our final segment is Lead Chalk. Now, in Lead Chalk, we're going to be talking about betting lines. and I was assuming teachers on, yeah. on Blackboard. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately not. We might have another segment about that at a later date. We're not, you know, that's not a promise, but there'll be plenty of segments that will be revealed later in the season, as I mentioned earlier. Um, chalk refers to basically whoever's favored to win. is kind of That's referred to as chalk. Right. You can just oh, kind of chalk it in. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But uh, this is very important to get into the betting lines for all these football games because unlike the media, which has their ulterior motives of you don't know who's feeding you this information, uh, Jeffrey Lurie, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. it could be one of those. But unlike that, we have real money behind these opinions with the betting lines, and that shows us the most accurate possible take on what's going to potentially happen in the future. So that we can get to the bottom of... What's really going on? Perfect. Speaking of teachers, I, I've done my job here. That, that was a 10 out of 10 there, John. Thank Congratulations. You. you deserve uh, a PhD. Right. But, and, let's, and let's not also forget, you know, these betting lines, they're very instructive, but, but it's not everything, right? You have to actually watch the games to really get the full picture. 
And there are certain members of the media as well who their entire analysis is basically just checking the, the betting line, just regurgitating whatever result they see is going to happen, providing no additional analysis, and then leaving. And I mean, you know, that's what I do, but let's not get into that too much. <laughs> Lead shock. So we're going to get into the week two lines right now. But before we do that, uh, John, can you just give our audience a brief explanation of what is a point spread? Sure. Well... The, the most basic bet that you can make is who's going to win, right? Okay. But one team might be favored much more heavily than the other to win, and therefore your return on that investment or that bet will be much lower because that person or that team is much more likely to win. Therefore, in order to even out the spread, I guess, for the bet, you have these lines where there's a spread in terms of points by how much that favored team will win by. Exactly. And so basically the point you're making here is that you can get basically the same odds if you take either side. Right. Exactly. Even though one team might be heavily favored. Right. Because you're taking that team with some kind of point cushion. They must win by X number of points. Right. Or lose within this margin. Right. So you could take the underdog. Okay. I, I think even they might lose, but they won't lose by this much points. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. So our first game we're going to get into Tennessee who was 0-1 from week one. They're going to be at Jacksonville, who had a monster upset in right. week who one. Who did they beat? Houston? They, yeah, Houston. They destroyed Houston in that's embarrassing crazy. fashion. Yeah, it was very embarrassing. At home? At home. At, uh, at Houston, that's in, correct, yeah. yes. Wow. That's pretty bad. Was J.J. Watt playing? Um, I'm not really sure about that. John, as you know, we say the things that need to be said on this podcast, and we ask the questions that need to be asked. That's not a question that needs to be asked. Moving on. Uh, okay. We got Tennessee at Jacksonville. Tennessee is the favorite on the road, minus 1.5. Jacksonville plus 1.5. Which way are you going, John? Tennessee versus Jacksonville. Tennessee is also 0-1, right? They're 0-1. Yes, they lost to, who did they lose to? The, uh, the Raiders. The Raiders came in. They lost at home to the Raiders. Okay, well, I mean, Derek Carr is a beast right now. He's on a roll. So Yeah, after breaking his leg, too. That's pretty impressive. And his thumb last season or something like that? Didn't he, like, dislocate it or something? Anyways, um, this is a tough one because I'm wondering if all the first games of this season are flukes and things will be, I don't know, stars will be back on track and everything's going to be in line so that Tennessee's with Mariota is going to be better than Jacksonville. So I've, I've got to play the educated guess here and take Tennessee. I, I'm with you on that one, John. I, I'm going with Tennessee minus 1.5 as well. So, you know, catch us next week when Tennessee lose, uh, wins by one point. Okay. Uh, but, okay. <laughs> let, still lose. Right. So, uh, no, they'll, they'll win, but, you know, but, right. Okay, anyway. Okay, so the next game, uh, we got Washington, which we mentioned before. That's the racists. Yes, the Washington racists. They're at our very own Los Angeles Rams, not the Los Angeles Raiders, which I always hope that it would be if I look at LAR, but it's unfortunately the Rams. I feel like the Raiders, you'd, you'd prefer the Raiders over the Rams? Why? Yeah, I like the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, they just have, well, my dad's a Raiders fan, so. For, for what reason? It's a nasty team. Yeah, he, well, he likes, the, he likes rooting for the villains, basically. Oh, okay. He, he, likes right. the, he likes Al Davis. I um, think it's, it's perfect that they're going to the Las, Las Vegas. That's, I like, that's pretty good. I, I mean, mean but they also. Johnson brokered that deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, that is, uh, spoiler alert for those of you guys have not, who have not watched Ballers, great show on HBO. Washington at Rams. Washington 0-1, Rams 1-0 in week See, one. See, again, what's going on with week one? 
Yeah. How are the Rams winning? Something's fishy's going on. Something uh, is weird. But guess who's favorite on this one? The Rams. The Rams are minus three at home, which is pretty standard uh, home home spread. Who's coming to LA? The Washington Racists. Oh, the Racists. Hmm. If you I don't, don't know. know why we're saying that, look up the Washington team, by the way. Just look that up online. And who their mascot is. Yeah, it's totally within bounds to, to call them that. Right. It was just odd, though, because that's Washington, D.C., right? Right, yeah. You think it's... Well, <laughs> A very progressive area. Well, yeah, but I mean, look who's in charge right now. But let's not, not make it <laughs> right, too right, political. Okay, but okay. Um, so Who you got in this game, John? Rams minus three, Washington plus minus three. three. I don't know if I like that spread, but... Washington, they have Terrell Pryor. Now, he, wasn't, he didn't really do too much in this past game, but I, I do think Terrell Pryor could explode uh, eminently. The Rams' defense had, like, a touchdown last game. Yeah, and that was without Aaron Donald. Actually, Aaron Donald may be back next week. I'm not sure, but he did report to the team. Aaron Donald is back on the Rams. As an L.A. native, I feel like a lot of our fans are bandwagon fans, and now that, Rams, that the Rams won their first game, maybe there's going to be even more home pride. I'll go with the Rams here. Okay. I'm with you. I take the Rams minus three on that one. Okay. Uh, next, we got Green Bay uh, 1-0 at Atlanta 1-0. Nice matchup there. Wow. That's, that's going to be an exciting game. Green Bay is the same uh, you know, standard spread here. Green Bay plus three. Atlanta, the home team, minus three. Atlanta lost? Atlanta was 1-0. They beat, oh, uh, they the, beat. the Chicago Bears. Oh, right. But they didn't beat them by that much, right? That's true. It was a, a kind of a close game. Yeah. Plus three? I'll take Green Bay Packers on that. Okay, I, I'm going the other way on this one. Atlanta minus three. I like Atlanta in this spot. Green Bay, they had their uh, you know Lambeau field advantage in week one. That's true. Matt Ryan, though, I feel like, do you think he's going to recover from that atrocious Super Bowl loss last season? That's a storyline we're going to have to track here. But, again, don't fall into the media lead. You know, that's the media lead. They want you to think that it's going to be a Super Bowl hangover. What's the basis of this media lead? Who knows? We need to get to the bottom of what's really going to, going to, going to happen with this. I don't know. If I blow that kind of lead, lead <laughs> Very good. in the finals of a championship game that I think Google had – statistically said you couldn't lose 99.9% chance of winning at a certain point. Right. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Then, then they lose. I, I think I'd be in some kind of psychological depression, which Matt Ryan should be in right now. Well, that's, that's the very fair. I mean, I, I do think Matt Ryan should be clinically depressed after that. I, I agree. Uh, moving on. Buffalo 1-0, surprisingly, at Carolina 1-0 as well. Oh, Carolina on this one. Oh, what's the spread, what's though? The spread? the spread is Buffalo plus 7 Carolina at home, minus seven. Okay. But they're at home, though. That makes it tough. Um, who's the QB for B- Buffalo right now? Uh, I want to say Tyrod Taylor, to be honest. I that's he was another one. Huh? I thought he was injured. Well, to be honest, John, that's another one of those questions that does not <laughs> need to be asked. Doesn't need to be said. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't know. Buffalo Bills are, the fans are gluttons for punishment, and I think... They're just going to lose this game and probably by a lot. So I'll take Carolina here. I'm with you on that one, John. I'm going Carolina minus seven. So we're basically in lockstep on these games. Uh, One final one, I I did skip over this. Philadelphia at Kansas City. Philadelphia is, both teams are 1-0 after week one. Philadelphia plus five, Kansas City minus five at home. Who you got there? This might be my emotions talking, but... I, I like you. I, actually, I have the Eagles to lose this game, but by less than five. And 
Yeah, that, that's a large spread. And as you said, John, in your description earlier, if we just had to choose one side or the other, the bet would be less interesting. We right. get to choose it with the points. So we're going to take the points on that one. Philadelphia plus five. So we're in lockstep. You've got Green Bay going over Atlanta. I've got Atlanta. But otherwise, we, we see things the same way. Now, very quickly, lightning round, John. Lightning round, are you ready? Yes, make it fast. Season win totals. Seahawks plus or minus 10 and a half. Over or under 10.5 wins on the season? Hmm. Lightning round. Lightning round. Under. Under. Patriots. I could not how, find how, this line. How many games? There's 16, 16 games in the right. season, as you know, John. Patriots. I looked for the line on this. It was not available. What's going on? We need to get to the bottom of it. Next, Panthers. Over or under 8.5 wins for the season? John, who do you, what do you got? Over. Over 8.5. Cowboys. Over or under, nine and a half wins on the season. I'm hoping under as a fan. And Zeke's not playing for six games. Well, he may be playing. I'm not, there's something weird going on there. That's well, something else the, we need to get to the bottom He played the first of. game, but I thought he was still suspended for six. There's some kind of crazy legal thing. We've we, we got to get to the bottom of that All in right. the future. Da- Dak Prescott, sophomore slump, I say under nine and a half. Okay, Kobunga, time to, uh, until grand opening, plus or minus January 1st, 2018. I've got the under. I'm hoping for the under. Let's say under. Okay, I like the confidence. Uh, rounding this out, Dolphins over under seven and a half wins. Seven and a half, over. Yeah, I, I got the over on that yeah. one. So that's a that's a that would you know that's a pretty good line there for yeah. our, our audience who's interested in this subject. The Eagles finally again ending with the Eagles over under eight wins. Oh, over. Let's go over, baby. Oh, I got the under big time. Really? And that's it for this week <laughs> of lead block. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that was just a great show. I want to thank John Kim again for coming on the debut episode of Lead Block. Once again, stellar performance from John. Nine out of ten. Room for slight improvement, but nine out of ten. I want to thank John for coming on. Also, I do want to apologize for the audio quality during the main body of the episode. Uh, we had to improvise a little bit there. The main recording studio we have here is, uh, let's uh, let's say, under forced renovation by the management company. A little bit of an unfortunate situation there. But, you know, we'll just keep charging forward. I mean, that's just what we do here on Lead Block. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Brendan Chung at Blendo Games on Twitter for the last-minute uh, technical hookup. Keep an eye out, guys, for website stuff, uh, cover art. We've got some great cover art lined up. Um, iTunes, all of this stuff will be coming. Uh, it's just a quick uh, turnaround here for week one in the NFL season. V- very much looking forward to the rest of the season. Just to also note with scheduling, this show will be coming out every odd-numbered week in the NFL season. Remember that. Every other week, so week one, week three, importantly, week 17. And that's about it. So until next time, everybody, stay behind the lead block.